the idea is to bring others to Christ. So if you're calling others out and you're calling others to condemn the action of one, then you must first be prepared to condemn the actions of all as they go against the word of God. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dotson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome, welcome to The Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dotson, and we're just going to jump right into it. So for some odd reason, there are a lot of questions surrounding evangelical efforts and I use that word evangelical lightly, evangelical efforts, the church and its involvement in certain things like politics, social issues, race relations, international affairs, and like a whole host of other things. You know, people demand action from the church and they question and even vehemently vocalize just what the church should and should not be doing. And I get it. You know, we want to know. We want to put pressure on certain institutions to be involved. And and we just, we just want to know where in the world is the church. So let's go to scripture, scripture for a minute, boy, scripture, it can get hard for you. Let's go to scripture for a minute. So John 17, 15 and 16 says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And John 15, 19 also says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Also Romans 12 and 2, I'm giving y'all a lot of scriptures today. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So just in reading all that, we can conclude that the church is in the world, the local assembly and the body of believers that make up the spiritual spiritual church. Boy, it's these S words today that are getting me. The spiritual church, the, the, it's in the world. We're in the world. But th- this is just a geographical location or a point of location. We exist in the world. Our churches exist in the world. But as it concerns our thinking, how we live, who we answer to, what we're influenced by, where we draw information and behavior from, it has to come from God through Jesus Christ as our mediator, which is all orchestrated by the Holy Spirit that lives in us. So we are not of the world. We're here in the world just not the way that people always expect the church to be. You know, Christ said this when he said that the world hates those who are chosen by him to do the will of the Father. So honestly, we should already be expecting people to be in opposition to those who are willing to do the will of God when it doesn't align with or acquiesce with how and what these people want believers to do. And yes, sometimes this comes from other nominal or so-called Christians, because true believers and true worshipers and true followers of Christ would know how to respond and react to the things of the world. And they wouldn't involve themselves so largely with worldly things that don't serve the purpose and underscore the mission of Christ. So like in a way that they begin to criticize and demean other believers without proper knowledge and understanding. So let's go a little further. So we see in 2 Timothy 2 and 4 that no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits 
since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So what does this mean for those who are so hard pressed to call out and call to action other uh, leaders, evangelical leaders, pastors and representatives? So let's address it in this way first. What it does not mean is that believers exclude themselves and shield themselves fully from civil, social, racial or political issues. Like we don't ignore injustice or societal matters or cultural subjects, but we also don't get so involved to the point that it taints the witness of God. And also if it's not directed and prompted by God, but we also don't get so engulfed with worldly things that we lose sight of the call of God. So as a soldier, especially, you know, when active, when in active service, just like, you know, the army or the Navy or what have you, whatever branch of service we you want to reference right now, um, we're, we're just like that. We, we're, we're in active service as believers. So we, we have to bear more than others. So as a soldier, we have less freedom than others do to do everything that he or she may want to do, especially entangle- entanglement in something hindering and, and obstructing. We have to make sure that we take special tact uh, whenever we we are dealing with the things in this world. Wisdom is necessary to manage the inevitable cares and occupations which daily life brings so much so that the cause of the kingdom of God should never be injured or blamed. So we should be able to gain advantage from the results instead of it being destructive. So this was the case with Paul himself, who found occasion in his own life to set forth an example to the community for imitation of him as he followed Christ. So we see all throughout the Bible, governors like Nehemiah, rulers of provinces like Daniel, queens like Esther, judges like Gideon and Deborah and kings like David. Um, Then the list goes on and on and on. So these people were involved, but notice who they got their direction from. They got it from the Lord. They were carrying out God's plan and God's will for his people. And when I think about Nehemiah, Sembalat and Tobias tried to tell Nehemiah what he should and should not do. And they tried to thwart the attempt to rebuild the wall. But Nehemiah didn't listen to them. He listened to God. Uh, and thinking about the story of King, King Ahab, he wanted Micaiah to prophesy to him what he wanted to hear about his death in battle. But Micaiah only spoke what God gave him. And that's all believers can do is what God is calling them to do. Because when believers do this, that's when we see advantageous results and outcomes. So now that we discussed all that, I have a question for other Christians who are using social media platforms and different avenues to call out other Christian evangelicals. That's the word that people always use is evangelicals, evangelicals. So that's what I'm going to use. So they call out other Christian, Christian evangelicals. So say for example, well, this is really not an example. This stuff happens for real, but say for example, you know, if Christians as a part of their so-called Christian duty, they, they are to be or were to be outraged and condemn the unconscionable behavior of those at the U.S. Capitol, of looters and rioters in various communities, um, the unjustified killings of unarmed black men, the lack of effort and involvement in certain movements. So if if we're going to uh, be, if we, those Christians, if Christians were to be outraged and condemn all of those behaviors, 
then should these same Christians be outraged and condemn the legalization by the Supreme Court of same-sex marriage and the support of the Equality Act as a part of their so-called Christian duty? So can the evangelicals that you are calling out now call you out for supporting issues and certain things that conflict with what Christians are supposed to stand for. Cause I see this a lot on, on especially, especially on social media. So the expect, the expectation of believers is to acknowledge what is wrong per what the spokespersons people for the masses say should be happening. Now, these are the people who call people out. They say, you know, we, the Christians have to acknowledge what is wrong. So per this standard, you have to call out wrongdoing or sin, whatever you want to call it, no matter who or what it is, right? Because in essence, if one is saying that other Christians are wrong for not condemning certain behaviors that they claim don't align with that of the Christian faith, then aren't the Christians who are petitioning, who are petitioning others to speak out, are they wrong for not addressing the behaviors that they don't condemn? So this scripture says this, says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit through the believers, the preaching of the gospel, the testimony and the work of Christ will convict the world of its sin because the people who constitute the world do not believe in Jesus. That's later on in verse nine. I think that's in John. If they did believe in Jesus, they would believe what he said about their guilt and they would turn to him and they would stop doing what was considered wrong in the sight of God. And so this convicting work of the Holy Spirit is designed to bring people of the world in to recognize their need and turn to Christ and stop being in the world. So anything that is not right according to God's word is what should be addressed so much so that a person wants to change and turn to the Lord. So the idea isn't to pick and choose what we advocate for and argue against or to always be consumed with, uh, you know, telling preachers how to to preach from the pulpit or catering messages or, you know, prompting them to cater their messages from the pulpit around what is happening in the world or exhausting means to fight some of the things that things that the world should be fighting. But... The idea is to bring others to Christ. So if you're calling others out and you're calling others to condemn the action of one, then you must first be prepared to condemn the actions of all as they go against the word of God. Or we just may need to be silent and let the Holy Spirit do things his way. You know, if it were a matter of things in the world, then by all means, do do you do it. But as it involves the duty of the Christian or a Christ follower or an evangelical, uh, which obligates one to the word of God, then you always have to do things God's way. You know, people like to say that everyone can do what they want to do. Just do you be free, uh, especially as millennials. But we only say this though, until it's congruent, until it isn't, I'm sorry, it isn't congruent with what we want, which isn't right nor fair. But you know, scripture does say that all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. So we can't do what we want. And feel how we want to feel if we profess a gospel that calls us to walk according to what has already been given. 
We have to do what God wants us to do, which always works in everyone's favor anyway, especially if we are looking towards our eternal home. Um, you know, what I like most about God is that he doesn't change. His character is constant and what's right or wrong according to the word doesn't change based on what century we're in or what culture accepts or rejects. So what we respond and react to isn't given given to us by our peers, by social media, by the news outlets, because we don't always know as people and we don't always get it right. We get half truths, we get falsified information. So we can always, we cannot always trust what we see. But what makes God's word and will so infallible, inerrant, credible, and powerful is that it doesn't change. And it's always true and it will forever be true. So you know, for people who tell evangelicals, I'm going to stop using this word, evangelicals, Christians, because I'm being sarcastic when I say it, but I'm not, I'm being for real because that's the word everybody uses when they call people out. So anyway, back to my point, I'm getting off task here. So for the people who tell evangelicals and Christians or the church how to respond to or react to or, or feel towards the things of the world, ask yourself. Do I even know how to respond to, react to, or feel towards the things of God? You know, Christians aren't obligated to do or feel anything a person tells them they ought to as it deals with the Christian duty. You know, our obeisance isn't to man, but to the person of the Holy Spirit, to God's word, to God's agenda, and his commands. We, we as believers, we aren't obligated to be moved by others' feelings or directives that might change on any given day, because you know we go from zero to a hundred in point six seconds. Um, but but we can't require that the church or those a part of the local church be moved by this unless it's given by God. You know we can practically sum up the character of God. I mean, but it's way more than this. But we can sum His nature up in in three words: omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. So this means. That when we are led by God, we have all knowledge concerning any situation. We have him with us at all times and we have the power within us and surrounding us to make things happen the way he sees fit. So now, if we have our creator leading and guiding us, then why do we need the created to demand something of us that God himself isn't? You know, y'all, we got to make this stuff make sense sometimes. You know, God's children are called, they're called to obey him. They're, they're not called to be handled and moved by the vacillating emotions, outbursts, urgings, and charges of man. You know, we don't know enough to control God's stuff because we aren't omniscient in our nature. We are only knowledgeable through the knowledge of the Holy Spirit that he gives. And, and you don't know what God is calling someone else to do. I mean, unless God shows you, then that's different. But otherwise, you don't. That's why we should leave God's business up to him and be reassured that those who want to please him will just listen and follow and carry out his his commands. You know, remember, as believers, we have to remember this. Our fight isn't against flesh and blood. The Bible tells us that it's not physical or against the things that we can see, but we fight spiritual wars. So. We have to be aware of what is happening in the spiritual, spiritual, that's that S word again now, spiritual realm that is affecting the world around us and be prepared spiritually to respond. Uh, you know, I hate to say this, 
But a lot of the same people that want to tell Christians what to do and who to give back to and that the church isn't doing enough to support community efforts and and we need to get involved and we need to preach this message and you need to be saying this about that and you should be outraged about this and that. The A lot of these same people, you know, you aren't even doing enough to support kingdom agendas or institutions yourself. But you may fork out $200 for a Beyonce concert. You know, you you, you want to know why Beyonce can dish out monetary contributions for whatever charity she wants to donate to for a tax write-off? It's because people will pack out her shows. They'll buy her merch. They'll buy, they'll buy her music and, and whatever else. And meanwhile, a Christian artist or a missionary group or a local church has to all out beg people to show up at a free event. So the next time, you know, you're filled with all of this bravado and you want to call out evangelicals, I need y'all to go ahead and go ahead and help a sister out and download Invisible. Okay. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But no, seriously, really ask yourself, you know, these tough questions and make sure you're in a position to require this of someone else. Ask yourself if what you are promoting is, you know, by way of calling out other believers, is it unity? Is what you're doing uniting the body of Christ? Are you acting out of love? Or are you just emotionally charged and ready to aim at someone who isn't as emotion as who isn't as emotionally charged as you? When you get to this place spiritually where you can give guidance because of your service to God, uh, it, it's with a clear conscience, like Paul says over in Timothy, and, and you can help to teach others how to fight and use the spiritual weapons that they that they have then by all means, you say what you have to say. Tell us what to do because we need to know. We, we want to know. But until then, we have to know and we have to understand that God's agenda is not man's agenda. Um, I want to leave you with this scripture in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 19, 21. It says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. All right, y'all, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music and on Twitter at I am BD Music. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And make sure you tune in next week for a new episode. Thanks again for hanging out with me today on the traditional millennial where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. <laughs>